This is Chad Brashears, and you're listening to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast. This podcast is about creating a behind-the-scenes look with coaches, fans, and reporters from our point of view, sharing cool stories as only we've lived them. The goal is for you to learn something new to help your life and allow yourself to take a break from everyday chaos and let us give you a behind-the-scenes look into our world. Never In My Wildest Dreams podcast begins in... Good morning and welcome to Never My Wildest Dream Podcast. It is Thursday, the 28th of January, the last Thursday of the month, the 28th day of the new year. We are going to do some sports wrap this morning as well as a throwback Thursday segment and taking some calls on the phone. Looking forward to sharing that with you. We will start with sports first. Let's start in the world of college basketball. Baylor defeats Kansas State 107 to 59. I watched some of this game at one point. Baylor was up 41 to 5. Their defense is smothering. The way they shoot the basketball is unreal. And the way they share the basketball and root for each other as teammates is the best I've ever seen at the college level in many years. Ohio State holds on to beat Penn State 83 to 79 at home. Wisconsin goes into Maryland and wins 61 to 55. They were beating the Terps 38 to 20 at half. Maryland came storming back, but the Badgers held on to win. Florida State hosted Miami and beat them 81 to 59. Creighton ends the game on a 16 to 2 run to knock off Seton Hall 85 to 81 on the road in Big East basketball. Virginia Tech goes into South Bend and beats Notre Dame 62 to 51. And Louisville travels to Clemson. Clemson comes away with a 54 to 50 victory. In SEC action, Vanderbilt goes into Florida and gives them a great game, but the Gators win 78-71. South Carolina beats Georgia 83-59, and Arkansas hosts Ole Miss and beats them 74-59. That is all in the world of college basketball for last night's games. Let's switch gears and look at tonight's top 25 matchups. TCU travels to Kansas. Gonzaga travels to San Diego. Houston travels to Tulane. Villanova and UConn are postponed, as well as Oregon and UCLA are postponed. They will be the games that we talk about tonight. In the NBA, the 76ers beat the Lakers 107-106 to for their first road loss of the year for the Lakers. The Nets beat the Hawks 132-128 to in overtime. The Spurs beat the Celtics 110-106, to and the Timberwolves lose to the Warriors 123-111. to That is our sports segment for today. We will have Throwback Thursday when we come back after this. Never in my wildest dreams podcast begins in... 3, 2, 1. Welcome back to Never in My Wildest Dream podcast. Looking forward to this next segment, Throwback Thursday. Here's what's happened on January the 28th. In the world of sports, in 1922, J.E. Clare turns the Green Bay Packers franchise back over to the NFL. In 1958, Dodger catcher Roy Campanella is paralyzed in an auto accident. In 1960, the NFL announces two new teams, the Dallas Cowboys and the Minnesota Viking franchises. In 1990 Super Bowl in Louisiana, the San Francisco 49ers defeat the Denver Broncos 55-10. That was Joe Montana against John Elway in that Super Bowl. In 2001, at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida, the same place that the Super Bowl we played this year, the Baltimore Ravens defeated the New York Giants 
34-7 for the franchise's first ever Super Bowl. Ray Lewis was the MVP. And in 2020, I was fortunate enough to help lead South Hagerstown to a win over North Hagerstown for the first time as a head coach in an unbelievable environment, a great atmosphere. The Geds play really well. Um, I know I switched out of my suit and tie and put on a black t-shirt at halftime. I'm going to actually go on record and say all that was planned. I told Coach Hoffman before the game, at halftime I'm getting out of this shit. I'm putting on a black shirt. I'm going to be one with the student section, one with the guys wearing all black for the blackout. And uh, it was an awesome environment. Really proud of the way the guys showed up. With that being said, tonight we have a meeting to discuss what's next with basketball and winter sports here in Washington County. I look forward to share some of that with you tomorrow on the air. As of right now, we don't know anything. Looking forward to the meetings to know what we can do. When we come back, we'll be talking with Coach Malcolm Battle here on the phone with regards to recruiting, what DC basketball looks like, and relationships. We will be back after this. Never in my wildest dreams podcast begins in three, two, one. Welcome back to Never in My Wildest Dream podcast. Looking forward to my next guest, Coach Malcolm Battle. Coach played his high school career at Archbishop Carroll. He went and walked on at Maryland Eastern Shore. He played at Salisbury State University, which is what it was called back in the day. He then went and worked in PG County as a community supervisor officer. He spent 15 years at Cesar Chavez, coaching some of the best talent in Washington, D.C. We're going to talk about that. He's finishing up or in year two currently at Bard, which is an early education high school, which I'd like to talk about a little bit as well. Coach, welcome to the show. I appreciate you having me on, Coach. No, this is all love, man. You know that. We're family, and we just joked a little bit before we came on air. We've known each other for 10 years now. That's crazy. That went by fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... It went by fast, but, you know, it's a relationship that I'm, I'm glad fostered when you look back and see, you know, how those kids have made out the Antoine Pittmans and the Malcolm Clocks and uh, yep. Dante. Yeah. You know, those kids are tough. I'm not sure for who's listening, Ward 7, Ward 8 kids, Southeast uh, D.C. Um, for those kids to come back with degrees and four years of college and things of that nature, that's a blessing, man. So, you know, we I know... Basketball was the bond that connected us, but the things that transpired or transitioned from that, man, I'm more than appreciative of it, man. You're welcome. And, you know, you opened the doors and, and, you know, we joked that I was able to go into the city anywhere, anytime. Um, It was any hour tonight. I'd be sitting down on Astor Place. And for those of you that don't know, I'll explain a little bit about Astor Place. It's one of the worst sections of D.C. And, you know, I was treated with respect. And they knew me as Coach Chad, and I was taking care of the dudes down there, and nobody messed with me. And I and I do know, Coach, you had a lot to do with that because you made sure that they that you they knew I was, uh, you know, taking care of the guys, and I appreciate that. Nah, nah, absolutely. And, and those kids respected, or those young men, rather, they weren't kids. They respected what Malcolm was trying to accomplish, and yep. that it, he was better served by being out the neighborhood. So, you know, they understood that one hand washed the other. It did. It did. So, <clears throat> one other thing I want to talk to you about a little bit, we'll start with Bard. What's an early education high school? Explain a little bit about what that is, because I'm, I'm fascinated in what this is. So, Bard, um, it's, it's a school run in conjunction with DCPS and Bard College out of New York. Okay. And, I mean, basically, if, if, if kids can kind of 
grind out the four years at Bard, it gives them the opportunity to get 60 plus credits, college credits. Okay. An associate's degree from Bard College before they step foot out of high school. So they have an associate's. So you, I mean, that, that cuts that debt out. That you know, because I've seen so many kids come back from Chavez and saying, after one year or one semester, I can't do it. And they're indebted to that school. Here, you're walking out with all those credits mm-hmm. and your associates again. And I, that's big when you talk about the financial piece that they don't have to attach themselves to. It, it's huge. I mean, you, you know, when I was at Hagerstown and when I was at Shenandoah, the one thing that the kids fell into a trap with, and I'm going to just be honest, it's a trap, is the remedial classes. Because what happens is you got to go in and take 98-99 math, 98-99 English. You're, you're six to nine credits behind on math, six to nine credits behind on English before you take your first college class. And what people don't understand is that's a lot of money that costs to take care of those classes. So if you can get them out of the way early, man, that makes life a lot simpler. Coach, So I went into this when I reached out to uh, my principal, Dr. Uh, Anderson, who was a phenomenal lady, phenomenal lady. I reached out to her um, about trying to become their basketball coach. I knew they didn't have sports or they didn't have it in year one. Mm -hmm. Um, And in meeting with her, she offered me the AD position. But then doing my homework more and more in the school, I'm like, you know, let's table athletics for a minute possibilities that you open up for any kid in D.C., especially in the side of town that we're located in, which is mm-hmm. in my old neighborhood, not far from where Malcolm, not far from Astor Place. Okay. For those kids that have the possibilities to get degrees, you know, without, again, not hold, not having any monetary debt on your shoulders mm-hmm. after it's done, it, 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 it can be, <laughs> that can be life-changing. Um you start to change some of that generational poverty issues that we have so much in our community. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I'm hoping that, uh, not even from an athletic standpoint, because we'll figure that out, but I'm hoping to see more kids um, take advantage of it. Well, <clears throat> I mean, you know, and the best part for you is that you will you will take the athletic side out. And, and that's one thing that I've really never told you, but I learned a lot about how to interact and to get kids to think a certain way by listening to you. Um, the way that the guys respect you in D.C. and the way that they just hung on every word you talked about to be successful, I was able to learn a lot of, from that, so I appreciate that because that's really helped me in my career. Now, I, somebody passed that information on to me. I mean, you've been down by the, by, at the school on Sundays when a lot of those veteran guys that, you know, uh, big-name guys back in the, 80s, early 90s are down there hooping mm-hmm. and, you know, they passing that information on not only to those young men, but guys like myself, like, so, it, you know, one hand again washes the other and, you you know, you try to do make sure that you do right by the next group of kids that are coming up and I know what those kids are right now, those young men, and I'm, I know for a fact, I watch Antoine every week go feed the homeless that <laughs> kid, on social media. That kid texts me every Father's Day, Christmas, Thanksgiving randomly out of the blue coach i love you thank you for everything and and it's in the feelings mutual i hit him back we you know on his birthday yo happy birthday cheese because i always pick on him because twan was one of them special kids that he needed somebody to believe in him and yep. once he had somebody believe in him the sky was truly the limit and i'm not saying i was the guy that believed in him there were a whole bunch of us that believed in him but we all together were able to give him 
the roadway to get to where he's at today. And and that's a very rewarding spot to be in. Great, great young man. And he's making mom proud. Mom texted me not too long ago, said she was thankful for everything I'd done for her son. So that that's fun, you know. And and I remember I'm at Hagerstown Community College. <clears throat> I'm recruiting Malcolm and Marquis, and you made one comment. They're not going to the same school. So I had to fight Glenn Palmer for which one I was going to get. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Malcolm, it came back home. I mean, Marquis, it came back home. Yep. I mean, like, matter of fact, we took Mar- Marquis up to Frederick. Mm-hmm. And we took Malcolm up to Hagerstown. I took him on the same visit the same day. Yep. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna make you laugh. I, I've never told you this story, so <clears throat> you know how the dudes are. They get their refund check back. They're gonna try to figure out how to get like you know the next pair of J's that are coming out or or whatever they're gonna buy with that refund check. So when Malcolm Clark showed up to Hagerstown, I honestly want to say he had like maybe one tattoo, like one. I'll never forget when he got his refund check and he started tatting himself. I was like, yo. What is Battle going to say about all this? He didn't have any answer to that one at all. It was hilarious. Yeah, they. Uh, it got to a point I just started expecting when they came home from school. Yep. No matter what level they played at, somebody was coming home with more than some tats. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> if they didn't already have them uh, before they left the school, because their neighborhood guys would have a tat party. Yep, that's what these guys had. They kept it to a minimum at school, but you knew when they got home for Christmas break and they were getting the gym to lift or get shots up. Man, with like a, a billboard of tattoos. I said, yeah, he must got his refund check. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it, it's funny you say that because I remember the guys having tap parties. We're in Hagerstown and we're playing, like, what do you say for conversation? We're playing Monroe out of New York tomorrow night. They're ranked in the country. And I'm finding out the dudes are having a tap party tonight. You know, but what happens? <clears throat> Tay goes and plays well. Twan goes and plays well. Mount goes and plays well. Those tattoos didn't bother them. They were about business. They're the only group of guys, and, and I can honestly say this, I've coached a lot of really good young men. Those dudes, my three years at HCC, when the lights came on, it was a whole nother world because everything truly in their life stopped but basketball. That was the only thing they focused on, and they were just machines when they started playing. You guys, you guys went to D one Nationals, right? We did. Two thousand thirteen, we played in Hutchinson, Kansas. Yep, we were ranked eighth in the country. Unbelievable I, I experience. Don't, I don't, don't want to pull these scabs back on any wounds. Not, not in your regards, but how how do these things not happen anymore? Like how are how are how why are our kids? And you're a public school coach now. Why yep. are these kids not the not the litmus of any Maryland JUCOs? Like you had a kid, I know you had a kid out of Baltimore that had some some legal trouble, but you also had a kid that went to Houston on that team, right? Tion, Tion Womack. Yep, Tion went down to Houston. He he played for Jamie Dickey, signed a two year uh, scholarship down there, graduated with a degree, and yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you, and and I don't know. A lot of the juke dudes. I know like Mikey Smelkinson and a couple of the guys. I really don't know anybody at Frederick. Tommy Reams is out at uh, Allegheny. I really haven't talked to Hop out at uh, HCC that much. I'm telling you, if I could get a JUCO job, man, you know where I'd be sitting. I'd actually like, see if I get like a, a crib, like, you know, put, put a cot up in the crib or something like that. Because I know where I can go get the guys. Because all they need is an opportunity. 
That's it. Yes. And, and it's the same um, with me Bush, being a public school coach. Bush does a good job at PG. Yeah, Bush does. He, he does a he does a great job at PG. He had a thousand point score last year. I saw. Man, if they if I, I don't know what kind of support. I know they're. I want to say they're a D three JUCO. They are Division three JUCO. Yep. If 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 however it works, if somebody poured into that program and like say gave them some housing, a lot of y'all some housing for that matter. Mm-hmm. How different these programs will be in Maryland JUCO. Yes. Um, I, you know, I would love to see Allegheny get back to what it used to be. I mean, Allegheny yep. was like almost like the San Jack of the East Coast. Absolutely. Well, they, they did. They became San Jack at the East Coast when they took Stevie Francis from San Jack. Yeah. But, I mean, even before then, they, they had some. They pumped a lot of dudes out. Certifiable snipers on those teams back, like, in the mid-'80s, late-'80s. Yes, they did. They absolutely did. Um, so, I, I would love to see Merlin Juco get back to, you know, those times. Um, and I think it'd be good for kids. I mean, even though some kids need to get away, mm-hmm. I mean, Allegheny is getting away. That's not like you can hop in the car and be there in, in a couple of minutes. No. That's what I, that was my saying for for Hagerstown. Like, look, your son, I would say this to moms and grandmas, because that's what I tried. As you know, that's how I tried to recruit, because they were the ones that were going to make the, help make the decision with no athletic emotion attached. Because if you got in with the dads or the AU guys, it became more of a emotional decision instead of a logical decision. So what I try to get with moms, I would always say this. If, look, your son is going to be a statistic somehow, okay? We're talking across the board. They're going to get involved in drugs, have a baby early. They're going to maybe get shot, you know, because we know what I'm talking about recruiting. Or they're going to go away and get a college degree. Which decision do you want your son to be a part of? Because he's going to be a part of one of them. Which one are we talking about? And Hagerstown's far enough away to keep the riffraff out. And that's how I sold it, to go there. And the kids believed in it. Now, was it a pain in the ass for them sometimes? Of course. They wanted to know how fast it took to get to Shady Grove because they could get home for the weekend. Because they could get home. <laughs> and, and I did. A lot of Sundays, go pick the cats up at Shady Grove and bring them right back to the house. And, hey, we're not leaving for a while. We're going to be here. And they were good about that. They were really good about that. But, you know, it, it was different trying to recruit those guys and get them to understand, like, you can go be really successful here. Have I ever told you my Antonio Jennifer story? How I got him? No. Nah. <laughs> You're going to laugh at this one. So Tone was working like Home Depot or Lowe's. I can't remember which one. We got Antoine to sign. And I'm like, yo, we got to get Tony. And Tony would never return a phone call. Similar to what we were talking about earlier. He had a different number. So so I finally get Tuan to say, hey, let's go talk to Tone. So I'm down in D.C. He hops in the car. We drive over. You know Antonio when you first meet him and he doesn't trust you. He says about four words total. Oh, is it four? I was going to give you one. <laughs> he didn't talk. But he needed a ride home to mom, so I was able to take him back to the apartment. So we got to the apartment, and this is the only line I told his mom, who was an absolute sweetheart. She's a metro bus driver. She does as best as she can for her family. I said, your son has the possibility of being the tallest lumber salesman in the United States of America if he don't go to college. He has a degree from University of uh, what St. Francis, New York. He has a St. Francis degree, and 
I want to say was second team All NEC or maybe first team. He was first team All NEC. He was second team All American at ACC and a thousand point score in two years. We did right. We did it right. But you know he he was. I mean, like I said, he said four words that first time, and and now. Every time I've seen him, I haven't seen him in a while, but every time I see him, you know, he comes up with a big old smile and he tries to rag on me about something. I'm able to rag back on him, but it's always a big hug. And that's that's what it's all about for me. I enjoyed those dudes. I enjoyed all the guys at Shenandoah. I enjoy the guys I coach now. But when you can build a relationship with those guys, it's so much more fun. And you do an unbelievable job of building relationships with kids in Southeast D.C. Northeast, Northeast and Southeast. So our neighborhood is split in half. Okay. So like when you were at Malcolm's house on Aspen. Yep. That's Southeast. If you came right down by the church a little bit, where is East Capitol Street? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. If you look across, if you're on, the, if you're standing on East Capitol and Malcolm's house is on your right, mm-hmm. on the left hand side is Northeast. Got you. <laughs> so, so, you know, uh, over there where. Uh, Antoine and Tay and my that's that's greater southeast. It's all southeast over there. And then our neighborhood is split in half. But I I again, you know, not to belabor the point, I appreciate you coming into, you know, and of course people say, Well that's what he was supposed to do. He's supposed to find the best basketball players. Absolutely. But if it was that easy, it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been so easy for you to come in at the last minute or to get those kids, say, as he's working a job after a year of high school, like, yep. those things, I don't think people appreciate the fact that you know, a lot of these kids didn't go in straight from high school. Correct. They didn't. Say, Malcolm was an exception yeah. out of those four kids. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're, say, Antonio, Antoine, I want to say, are all 2010 kids. They were. They were a year, they were a year ahead of him. They were they, they were they came out of school with Phil Hawkins Marquis. Yes, they did. That is correct. Yep. Yep. But here we go. We could back we could back this train up a little more. I don't know if you remember the name Ralph Guthrie. I do. Yep. Ralph wasn't in school after his first year after graduating. Didn't he go to he went to Southern Idaho, right? He went to so <laughs> crazy story. Sunday morning, he comes to the gym to hoop. Like all of them started to do, because they have formed relationships. And hey, Coach Bowers, I if my high school buddy comes and hoops, sure, he can get pushed around by the adults as long as he doesn't know he can't call foul. The old men get to the old men get to grab <laughs> on him and bang him and beat him up. Cool, no problem. So, uh, Stewart Community College in Kansas. Yep. Guy by the name of Jay Syriac. God bless mm-hmm. his heart. Great guy like yourself. Swoops in to, to recruit Marquis. And on a Sunday morning, he comes in, he, his, his intent is to recruit Marquis. Mm-hmm. He leaves out of the gym three hours later. He signed Marquis, Phil Hawkins, Ron Guthrie. They all go out to Seward. Seward becomes nationally ranked. Those kids go out of, come out, come out of there. They've got mid-major plus offers, things they had never had yep. down this way. Well, I take that back. <coughs> Phil had... Phil had some level of Division One recruitment. I'm not sure about Ralph and Marquis had some level of Division One recruitment, but I remember talking to a rivals writer. Um, I want to say it was something called Juco Junction at that time. Yep, Juco Junction, absolutely. 
And the guy was like, Coach, you have to explain to me how these kids got off the East Coast with no offers. And I was like, oh, I might have been academics. I'm not particularly sure I've been, I haven't been a high school head coach this long. He was like, kids get offered all the time who have suspect grades. In some instances, schools help you get your grades together. So I don't know if that's an excuse per se. And it was an eye-opening conversation because he was right. Those kids went out there and after, after playing in, uh, I don't know, what do you call those things you guys do? Uh, like the, uh, like scrimmages. Yeah, like the, um, oh, shoot, like a showcase event, something like that. Showcase event. Down the jamboree, Texas, stuff like that. Yep. Jamboree. They played in a jamboree down in Texas. And those kids, uh, those three kids went back to campus with four and five offers. Um, it, it just was astonishing to me. And, you know, when you look at this, when you look at the whole gamut, now you start talking. Antonio, Jennifer, like you talked about. And the level doesn't matter, but the fact that, you know, they, they this whole premise of talent is low in this area. Tay, Division One point guard. Antonio Jennifer, Division One wing. Uh, Ralph Guthrie, great two years at Towson. Phil mm-hmm. Hawkins, a great two years at uh, Texas State. Uh, Marquis Sign was a JUCO All-American and want to say second in scoring in JUCO, D1. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, signs with Austin Peake, but had some academic issues. Malcolm, of course, he was your kid. Yep. Uh, who... who was Malcolm supposed to go to Liberty? Yes. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Yes. Um. So we, we're talking. And about we were working on that together. Him and I were doing that together. And then that coach ended up going. This is small world. You know what I do? Ended up coaching Arkansas State. He coached freaking Tay at Arkansas State. Man, See, hey, I mean, people don't understand how this thing interweaves and winds itself. It's so crazy how you just treat kids right and you get to cross with good people, and it just you take care of so many generations and you help those that never thought it was possible to change the course of the future of that family name. I, I you know, and I'd be remiss if I, you know, those guys, Tay and. Well, Jennifer had played at uh, McKinley. Yep. McKinley Potomac. Tech. I want to say he played at his for last Ox. year, Potomac for Ox, who was a dear friend of mine. Yep. Um, Ox. And he had Devin Miller on that roster who came to Hagerstown, too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, and then, you know, the, the, those those other young men that came out of Baloo, which, you know, they were rolling at that point. You had, had, Z- you had the Harmon kid. Um, you had uh, the big lefty. Who was the big lefty? I cannot think of that. And oh, Anthony. Who, Anthony, who ends up playing at Texas Tech. Texas I mean, Tech. He lost a lot I, of weight to go to Texas Tech. Area, I don't know in this area if people really understand uh, how many kids in that in doing that era were playing high-level basketball. I mean, I know he didn't play D1. I thought he was a D1 player. I'm sure it probably it could have been some particulars with his, with his transfer. Um, Bond's kid at cool is Dirty, who mm-hmm. played at Lincoln. Yep. You had the kid Anthony Myers at uh Anthony went to Robert Morris. I mm-hmm. mean, it's a ton of kids, man. And you know, sometimes I feel like those kids, those young men, I keep saying kids, those young men don't get they're just dudes in this area in terms of respect. Like 
that Baloo team should have beat Damatha. Which, by the way, that Damatha team started, what, Quinn Cook and Victor Oladipo and the Grant brothers, who now all are playing in the league. And Baloo yeah, had so, them. Yeah, they, they loaded up. I thought, I thought Tay and them gave them a much better rumble for their money the first year. Because they played them back-to-back years. Correct. At the Wizards yeah. game, right? In like a Wizards gym, wasn't it in the Verizon Center? Yeah, they played them, they played them at the Verizon Center. And uh, Tay made his introduction. Yeah, he did. To the Masters. And then there was a kid on that team. I would love to know what this young man is. That guy by the name of Chris Mosey. Mm-hmm. Who, who put on a shooting exhibition that night. Mm-hmm. And they, they rumbled. They rumbled the Masters. Um, next year, on paper, probably... People probably thought it wasn't going to be as close as it was, but they rumbled them again. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of, you know, you you take those, you take that blue team, and then you take the fact that uh, H.D. Wilson has some great teams. Wilson has had some great teams, and then Rob Nickens has been a constant. Uh, uh, yeah, but the Milk House has been a constant. Yep. Um, Ron, you know. I won't even go into the Devon and DCPS thing because I think it's crazy, utter nonsense. But, you know, Rob and Vaughn and those Coolidge, those Coolidge and Roseville games, they were must-see TV. Mm-hmm. You know, just on the on the DCPS side and then, you know, Kim uh, then you transition to Thurgood Marshall, Transition. You transition to idea with Pope. Yep. And some of those teams. I want to say one year in the in the city playoffs, five or six of the city playoff teams of the twelve were charter schools. Yes, they were. It's, it's like high school get this. was in war seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's nine, and I, I don't, you know, when people when people hear that number, they say, well, hold up, dang, nine? Like, yeah, nine. Nine, as opposed to when I was in high school in 1990, my senior year, there were three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Spingon, Easton, and H.D. Wilson serviced our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, now you're talking nine. Chavez, Friendship Collegiate, Ron Brown, H.D. Wilson, I did. My Angelo C. Kip. But no, I take that back. Kip is in War 6 or War 5. But nonetheless, it's, it's too many schools for a few little kids. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, so, yeah, basketball is going to look watered down, so to speak. And then, you know, you drop Bard in there now, uh, another War 7 high school. So now that puts us at 8 or 9. I, again, a lot of schools, and not, a, not that many kids playing basketball in one section of time. No. I mean, I honestly, yeah. I would love to get in a bus and drive down to Bard and play, y'all. Whether it's a scrimmage or whatever we can fit in, I, I would love to do that because I think my guys up here need to see what it's what it's like outside of town. And, and I know that your teams are always so prepared and ready that it's going to make us better as we get into season. We'll make it happen next year. Hopefully, you know, we're back to whatever normal is. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> whatever normal may look like next school year. Yep. But, you know, that, that you know, that's absolutely try to make that happen. That's, you know, I always try to make sure that, you know, 
kids understand that kids other places going through the same thing. Yep. I mean, because you hate the town has some of the same issues, not on the biggest, not on the same scale. They're but here. I, you know, I know you guys have some gang issues up there. We do. You know, and you and I've texted about those. May not be as high, but your population isn't as high either. So correct. If you're doing a, on a per capita piece, on a per capita piece, it's probably averaging out. But yeah, you know. They got they got hoods in Hagerstown. They yeah, this is they they got to grind and struggle just like we do over here, uh, in certain parts of the city. Yep, I, I totally agree. Um, what no? <clears throat> before we hop off here, Coach, what's it looking like when uh, COVID kind of comes back? Are you going to be able to get in the gym? Do you guys have any plans set up down there yet? So we're waiting. Uh, we're waiting on um, DCIAA. Okay. Or DCI. So we're waiting on DCIAA, which is the DCPS Athletic Arm, to give us the word okay. um, when we can go. Um, you know, the numbers just fluctuate so bad mm-hmm. in DC, you know. And then, you you, you know, who who's to get the vaccine? Because I know they're talking about, you know, the elderly 65 or older um, and teachers and things of that nature. But when do the kids get it? Right. You know, because... I don't want to take the vaccine, but I have it. I, 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 you know, God forbid I had a vaccine. I'm not sick. I'm not yep. showing any traits, but I have COVID and I passed it on to a kid who goes home to his grandparent. Kills him. Yes, yeah, you know, yep. I, I, like, that's I a heavy conscience. Ball. I miss being in the gym and practicing with the kids, yep. but I don't love it that much to end up in somebody's film. No, I'm, just, I'm with you on that. Not, not for the sake of, not for the sake of this. Right? No. Again, I miss being in the gym and I struggle with, well, you know, it's a little league going on. I could throw a few kids together, but then sense of reality kicks in and you click on TV and you see the ticket at the bottom with, we almost had 200,000, 300,000 deaths. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I hold fast. And well, that or even I if you tick that. on the ticker at ESPN, oh, by the way, the West Virginia game is going to be canceled. Michigan, we use Michigan as an example. Michigan's going to be off for the next 14 days. Well, we're not testing like Michigan. We don't have those resources. So if they're not going to play for 14 days, maybe we need to stay out to the gym a little bit. And that's kind of been my philosophy, right. to be honest with you. Coach Chad, let me say this to you. D.C., mm-hmm. the, the, Wizards had, the Wizards went two weeks without playing. Correct. The Capitals had a ton of kids, had a ton of guys not playing. Yep. And I want to say we had one more Georgetown. Yeah, they had to sit down for a little Georgetown bit. And GW. Three, three in GW. Yep. So four DC teams, mm-hmm. two colleges, and two professional teams with access to, like as you said, the best doctors. Mm-hmm. Way more money than we could ever think about in terms of testing and supporting all that fine like stuff. Are having like mm-hmm. multiple people test positive? Man, they can't get it straight. I don't know how it's gonna work for high school. No, I'm with you on that. I'm definitely with you on that, but you know, we're going to do it. I, I want to get down. Once this thing dies down a little bit, I would love to figure out how you, me, can get all the guys together. We'll go grab some dinner somewhere and just reminisce and chat. Man, that's done. That's, cool. not, that's not a problem at all. I, I would get love started to on that as soon as we get off the phone. Let's do that. Let's get, let's get going on that. I, uh, I know you're a busy guy. I know you're texting with, uh, Fairmont State right now and you're, you're trying to get some more dudes placed and, uh, I learned that from you, too. Try to help out everybody, not just your own team. And, and I've been able to help some of the guys here in Hagerstown get looks that did not play on South. Um, you're a good man. you got a great heart, and you do it the right way. And I, and I appreciate it, and I love calling you a friend. Yeah, 
Nines, likewise. And, and I just want to reiterate, Coach, it's not just me. I got, I got, I have a ton of guys that I call friends and young ladies uh, that work me at Chavez. These people are just, they're in the trenches, <laughs> right with me, you know, mm-hmm. shoulder to shoulder, um, yep. back against each other's back. So, you know, I, I, I catch a lot of love for this, but I don't do it alone. No. We're all in this together. It's a fraternity, and it's one that's special. Yes, I absolutely agree with that. Well, you stay safe for me. Don't get nothing down there and go crazy so I can't get up with you. But let's uh, let's get nah, up here I'm soon. Down. I look forward good. to that. Good. I'm going to try to stay safe, stay sane. I hope all your listeners do the same thing, and you as well. And, uh, nah, we we wait this out, man, and we figure out what's the plan when we get all the kids together and go get – not kids. I'm sorry because I know they're going to listen to this. Young <laughs> men, get them all together and get dinner, and then we figure out a date with them. Man, you can put our kids in the gym and we get better, man. Exactly. And fellowship. Exactly. I look forward to that, Coach. I appreciate your time. You have a good rest of your day. Likewise. See ya. Like I said, love having Coach on the show. As I talk about Throwback Thursday, the one thing that keeps coming back to my mind is relationships. And I've built a ton of relationships over the last 17 years of coaching. It's amazing that him and I have gone back and forth for 10 years helping kids out and always look forward to him being a part of the next kid that I could recruit if I got back to the college level, which obviously is going to be one of my goals as I think about different things with regards to basketball. With that being said, tomorrow is Friday. Kevin Dunleavy, former writer of the Herald Mail, will be on the show tomorrow. Looking forward to chatting with him, seeing what he's been up to since COVID hit. Until then, thank you for listening to Never My Wildest Dream podcast. I look forward to talking to you soon.